Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, a case of hepatitis A at Morimoto Asia has some people concerned. Disney has released a trailer for the upcoming Lion King film that they released on Thanksgiving and nearly broke the internet. And a Malaysian company is suing Disney and Fox over breach of contract. Plus, we'll have updates on our efforts to raise money for Give Kids the World. And Craig and Rhino will tell us about uh, this year's Epcot International Festival of the Holidays. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 1015 for the week of November 27th, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Oh, we, we, we saw the same thing, right? I did. We November saw the same 13th, thing. Yeah, it? the slide says November thirteenth. I said, "Man, I do have extra." It's all right. It's all right. We 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 almost. I think we've broken Craig. I, I think we between between the the twelve hour live show on Saturday and then yesterday, all day yesterday. Even though I gave him the day off, uh, he was at Epcot covering um, the media event for the uh, Festival of the Holidays. So. Um, I think we have broken <laughs> yeah. poor, well, poor Craig. And I think he wants to do it all over again. That's why he... My first thought know, was, oh no, we have to do all that over again. <laughs> no. And I'm already thinking about the slides, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I screwed up at least three of them. It's all good, Craig. It's all good. You guys did an amazing job yes. keeping us on the air. On Saturday, our, uh, our, our first marathon show was a huge... Success. I think we ended uh, the broadcast at about $54,000 raised for Give Kids the World in our online auction, which is still going on, by the way. It's running until this coming Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh, as of right now, that auction is at $70,347 that we have raised for Give Kids the World. So, to say that this has been an unqualified success is an understatement. It has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we've been adding uh, experiences with members of the team over the last uh, couple of days. I've added some today uh, because we're trying to, get, trying to get these numbers even higher. So, of course, the dinner with me was already on there. That's yeah, you going, got a head start on the. That's going times. for. Th- I don't think you're going to get thirty six hundred, baby. <laughs> I know. I'm okay, not. I don't think. <laughs> but thirty six hundred dollars right now is the top bid for dinner with me at the Flying Fish. I don't know what you're expecting me to do at this dinner. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what: if this goes over five thousand, I'll I'll spend the afternoon in Epcot with the winner before dinner. Um, wow. So. I don't think I've ever done that before. No, you have not. I have not done that before. So, um, so dinner course, starts at eight thirty then, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Corey is doing the monorail crawl. That's doing pretty well. The cocktail rail. Um, the cocktail rail. So you can get drinks with Corey. Up to two people. Up to two people. Um, Unlimited. How many uh, drinks? Unlimited. Oh, okay. You have wow. to hang with me, though. No. So you might want to. Well, you got to try. Right? They got to try and keep up with you. <laughs> you might have... That's the bigger challenge. Can you keep up with Corey? I don't think you can. Um, I've been in four rehabs. I can't keep up with him. So, uh, um, Steve Porter is doing lunch and a ride on Buzz Lightyear, which is doing really, really well. I think that's up to about three hundred and change right now. Wow. Um, but riding Buzz Lightyear with Steve is is something special because Steve knows. All the tricks. He knows all the targets to hit to max out your score. So he's going to take you through Buzz Lightyear, but he's also going to show you where all those all those special tricks wow. are. Um, he still hasn't done it with me. Apparently, I've got to donate to give kids the world if I want to <laughs> have this experience. It's um, perfect for him. He's always been telling me that he's always looking for the supervising companions. Because he's too young to go on it alone, so this is just <laughs> finally working out for him. And raising some money. Um, uh, lunch at Carthay Circle out in California, Disney, Disney California Adventure. 
uh, with Tyler and Katrina. Just went up today, uh, went up this morning, and that's already got a few bids on it. Um, also, just added an afternoon in Epcot and a ride on Figment with our mm-hmm. own Miss Kathy Whirling. Yes, I'll bore you to death wow. about Figment. So you can do that. Um, uh, a chance to participate in an actual dining review that will be aired on our channel, the Disney Dining Show, with Charles, Steve, and I. Uh, that's doing well. That's up to about 800, I think. Yeah. Um, um, Pete would not agree to Fight Club with Steve and Charles, which was my suggestion. But you versus Charles? Or you and, or, or are you, and uh, you versus Steve? Or you and Steve versus everybody versus everybody. Oh, that's okay. how Fight Club works. Okay. I probably. I, I thought the first rule of Fight Club is we don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah, you're I, breaking the rules. I just got kicked out of the Fight Club. You I did? started. Um, <laughs> you are so messed up. <laughs> drinks with Rhino and Craig. That's unusual. <laughs> I know you never see that. But that one, that one's doing. What is that one up to? Stepping right now? out of your box, there, guys. <laughs> These people are going to be really upset when they find out that in the fine print it says "in the Magic Kingdom," and <laughs> we're not getting any dining reservations. Super so. canteen already available. <laughs> what's uh, what's soda up to now? Three yeah, fifty. Right? I'm getting this. I'm getting out of this cheap. <laughs> That's up to seven hundred and sixty dollars uh, as of right now. Um, get back to my little list here. Uh, now, something that uh, John suggested this morning, and I just added like an hour ago. That's great. Um, a, a VIP opportunity at our Pandora event during our Dreams Unlimited 20th anniversary party next year, where we've rented out Pandora. This is an opportunity to come in early with the team and hang out with the team before everybody else gets there and uh, kind of have that experience that we get when... The, the, horde, comes at us. <laughs> the horde comes at us. I've uh, already got a couple of bids on that. So uh, this that will include um, your registration for that weekend's events, as well as the cost of the party. So great opportunity for a VIP uh-huh. event. If you're or, or, we're already planning to come to the party uh, or to the uh, to the event that weekend, and I believe that's August 10th is that party. Um, so that's also up there now. Uh, this is my favorite one. I may bid on this or just show up for it because oh, I want to see it. High tea at the Grand Floridian with Jackie and Craig. I'll bring my Zoom lens. Oh, my. <laughs> Jackie had suggested doing high tea. I said, I'll only put it up if Craig is there because I want to see Craig do a high tea. Wow. I love tea. I did it on our uh, Italy cruise only and it was high. very lovely. It was a great experience. That's the first nice. time I've heard him use the word lovely. lovely in association with anything. He doesn't oh, even call his wife lovely. It was elegant and delightful. There was a beautiful string quartet playing. Uh, no, there was only two of them, weren't there? So uh, they were a half quartet, and uh, there was finger food. A duo. Cool. Good. A, you know, a half quartet. That's how we call them in the And, the and as I wrote in the description for this, the entertainment value of watching Craig at a high tea it, by itself, yeah, just witnessing can. it, is worth whatever you're going to pay for this. I will wow. shave my beard into mutton chops for this, too. Oh, so it's like okay. very close oh, yeah. to Now you have to do it. I don't think I can grow that. It's not Long Island iced tea. No, now you have to I'm, do it. I'm going to have to, like, when you see people get, like, the fake beard put on, I'm going to have to get fake mutton chops for that. <laughs> I, I wish I could grow them. I, otherwise, I'd have awesome. them all the time. How about a monocle and some tails? I will definitely do the monocle. Uh, I won't be able to drive because I'm legally blind, I think. But, <laughs> well, we're uh, one cocktail. <laughs> no, that's Eye patch and monocle. It'll keep you. <laughs> you know, one contact, one monocle. Uh, <laughs> um, another great uh, opportunity we, we just added uh, very generously Pam Landworth, who's the executive director of Give Kids the World, who uh, led off our marathon with uh, an interview that we, we broadcast. Um, is agreed to give a tour of Give Kids the World uh, herself. Oh, wow. So uh, that's, a, a, that's nice. a, a very unique opportunity, a tour of Give Kids the World with Pam Landworth. That's currently up on our auction. Uh, of course, uh, this one's a little bit more difficult because it's so date-specific, but January 21st, John, Kevin, Sean, and I, uh, along with some of our friends, have the presidential suite at the Amway Center for the Share concert. And we are auctioning off two spots. Right now, that's going for 1500 I believe, is the high bid. 
It's nice of you to share that, that experience. Oh, <laughs> oh, Lord, why are you even here? But again, you know, entertainment. <laughs> for you. I'm here for you. Enter, entertainment value, watching Kevin and I just gay out like crazy watching Cher. I've never seen her in concert. Why wasn't I invited? Really? Um, you never have? I have. I was supposed to go with them last, I think it was last February. And I got a really bad sinus and inner ear infection. That's surprising. You've never seen And her. I couldn't fly. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited wow. that I don't have to get in the plane to see her. I can right. just, you know, they can wheel Gay my out. body over there if they have to. <laughs> Gay out locally. Um, <laughs> so, and uh, also something else we added um, was uh, people were asking, you know, even though we mentioned it a thousand times, that we were not going to be leaving the full 12-hour broadcast on the YouTube channel number of people were asking for it. So Craig had the idea that if you make a minimum direct donation through our auction for $10 or more, he will send you a link where you can view the 12-hour marathon in its entirety. Um, so all of this can be done by going to handbid.com, H-A-N-D-B-I-D.com. Just do a search on Diz Holiday Auction. And from there, you can register and browse all the items that we have. There's a lot of great stuff on the auction. And again, all the money raised is going directly to Give Kids the World. And as of right now, you amazing people have gotten us to $70,617. That is the, wow. the, the amount right now. So, That's crazy. I'll be adding an item like soon, right? You're going to add something in with me? Yeah. Like Help me bathe Klaus or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think a meet and greet with you and Klaus would probably go for a lot of money. You might give me a run for the included. money. Yeah. You might give me a run for the money Dress for that. Dress up dinner. Klaus and take him somewhere. <laughs> I, can, I can only think of how you're going to title that uh, auction. Oh, item. stop, stop, stop right now. <laughs> Klaus encounters of the Teresa. Kahn. Okay, that's good. That's good. I, that's not where he was going. But uh, yeah, no, I knew where he was going, and uh, I didn't want to say. You diverted it. it. Thank you. It's like it's like it's like like match game seventy five. Right? <laughs> Teresa and her blank. Uh, um, <laughs> Teresa watcher. Pri- a private viewing. Yeah. Help wash. Okay. Okay. Reel it back in. Reel it back in. So. The cat pat in the back. <laughs> Stop. Stop now. Stop. Go in the other room, take your shirt off. <laughs> right, yeah, and that, you know, look, if you if you if you go ahead and make that donation and watch the twelve hour uh twelve hour show, you'll uh You'll see cleavage. What was that again? Like, you'll if, see you, cleavage. if you, you donate clavid cleavage. cleavage. <laughs> you make a direct donation through the handbid app, through the handbid auction of ten dollars or more, Craig will send you a link to view uh-huh. the twelve hour show. Yeah. To view so, the cleavage of <laughs> Okay, I'm done. Um, yeah, really. I, I have to concentrate on my prepared Words. lines that I, I wrote about this. No, okay, so, yeah, I will send you the link in an email. I apologize. I sent out one email yesterday, and I thought that I copy and pasted everyone, but it was, like, the same five people that I copied about I would say maybe 30 times over and over. <laughs> so uh, there was a whole bunch of people who didn't get it. They they ended up getting it either last night or this morning. I don't remember now. Time's just blurring together. But yeah, I'm, I'm sending out an email with the link and instructions throughout the day. Um, and through it, so I'll probably just check it like two or three times. So if you did it and it's like four hours still and you haven't got it, just, just be patient. Um, I have to be behind my computer to to be able to do this but um but I'm, I'm going through every single person and making sure everyone gets it if you have any issues email me directly craig at disneyinfo.com and i will answer uh, as soon as i possibly can with it and uh it's all good and it, it's a lot of fun i've been getting uh questions about uh, will there be an audio version and i have instructions for what to do in that email if you want an audio version but i think Corey's head would explode if I suggested we host a uh, twelve-hour 12 show, yeah, <laughs> we're working on that. 
we we can work on it, but I have a feeling that he would he would be crying for a while. So just what it takes to host a, an hour long podcast, let alone twelve. So here's the deal. So I will do that. If you donate a thousand dollars, you will get one hundred emails from Craig. How about that? <laughs> hey, listen. I thought I thought at first I was going to have to re-email every single person because I couldn't get a search. Uh, I couldn't sort by date. But then finally I found that, so uh, it, it got easier as it went on. It's good. And I'll, I'll tell you, though, we had, we had an amazing time uh, doing that show. And uh, I am very excited that we are going to do it again next year as well. Next uh, Saturday after Thanksgiving, this is going to be a thing. Um, well, I'll be here for that because we're not traveling again. This was exhausting. <laughs> not yeah. sure if I'll be in town that weekend, but I'll check my calendar. Okay. You do that. You do that. Um, yeah, because you're going to Atlanta. Um, I am? No. Oh. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we had, but we had a great time. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun having everybody here. And it was. was. A great way to kick off the holiday season. And um, I, I am blown away by how well this auction is doing. So, please help us keep it going. We're going to be going uh, through 10 a.m., on December 1st. That's this coming Saturday. And I will be going out live on the Diz Unplugged Facebook page at 8 a.m. Saturday morning, and I'll be live for a couple of hours as we wrap up the auction. Um, so you can head out to facebook.com slash Diz Unplugged and uh, follow along. And uh, 8 a.m. Eastern Time next uh, next Saturday. A couple days from now, yeah. A couple days, yeah. So, Not much time left to get your bidding in. We have anything else for housekeeping? No? Nobody's got anything? All right. Let's talk about what is in the news. Um, so uh, this one story was interesting. Um, that local news in Orlando was reporting that the Florida Department of Health has identified a hepatitis A infection in a worker among food service staff at Morimoto Asia at Disney Springs. Um, officials are encouraging vaccinations for anyone who ate at the restaurant um, between November 6th and November 16th of this year. Um, And they're saying those experiencing sudden abdominal discomfort, dark urine, fever, diarrhea, or jaundice, which is yellowing of the skin and eyes, should seek medical care immediately. Um, And so, yeah, that's not good for business. I love Morimoto. Yeah, what, usually what? if you're gonna if you, if you're gonna end up with abdominal discomfort and dark dark urine, you're you've eaten at the boathouse. Um, <laughs> but, but since I've been with the, like for a sec, since I've been like with the Diz, this is the first time I've heard of. This. I've yeah. never heard of this before. Uh, what's yeah. even better is I read this. Uh, Tyler was at my house and just casually scrolling through the the when the news had this out was like oh. Hepatitis outbreak at Morimoto sucks for anybody that ate here there in the last couple of weeks. And I was like, are you joking? And he's like, no, it says it right here. And I was like, I ate there in the last couple of weeks because Kylie and I went to dinner with our friend Ashley and her husband, Bob. And I had a mini panic attack on Thanksgiving. And Craig was the one who was like, no, no, he missed it by a couple days. But that's scary because we don't we don't want to find out that it actually started before this because we definitely went right after Halloween. Like, we went the week of Halloween in November, so we were like really close to that line. And as it is, they already tried to kill her with a piece of shrimp. So why not hepatitis too? Or hey, that's really all it takes well. with Kylie is shrimp, right? Yeah, I wasn't there. I didn't even hear that story until now. So oh yeah. Where were you when he was off with your boy? Oh, he wasn't. Invited. I was working. Oh, Rhino's Rhino's her gay husband. Yeah. And I was. We send out Christmas cards every year. I was working that night recording Kylie, shows. Kylie doubles as his beard when he <laughs> oh, when he okay. needs it. We have an arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. That happened. Um, the other thing that happened on Thanksgiving Day, Disney. The timing of this was brilliant. Um, Two hundred twenty-four million people around the world viewed the trailer for the quote-unquote live-action version of The Lion King. And of course, it's not live action; it's it's CGI, but uh, it's really, 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 really good CGI. Yeah, it is. And <laughs> it's awesome. I got to be honest; I watched it, and I was—I mean, I was 
I mean, I love The Lion King. It's one of my favorite Disney films of all time, mainly because it's Elton John, who I'm going to see tonight at the Amway. I'm so excited. Um, Do share. Huh? Never mind. No, what it's not a gay reference. Anyway. I'm trying to fit in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so I, I watched that, that, that trailer, and oh my. It looked, it looked incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm even more excited about this movie now. And do we think this is going to do better than the, the uh, Nutcracker? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think of it? Uh, we, so Craig and I were able, were lucky enough to be able to see a, an even longer uh, preview than this at D23. Um, they screened it, and it was pretty much the whole opening scene. Um, it, like in the movie, it was the the grasslands leading up into um, Simba's being, you know, the announcement of his birth, and we were just like blown away from it and since then they've announced a lot of the casting things and you know hearing James Earl Jones as Mufasa in the trailer like gives you kind of the chills it's just one of those things where you're like thank god he is in good health and still with us because I don't know that there is another person on this planet that had the chops to be Mufasa again so it was really cool to kind of see hear his voice again while seeing the trailer stuff so I am I'm Lion King is my favorite animated Disney movie so I am very excited for this, um, and I'll be interested to see how the music plays into it as well with um, with ha- some new songs and then having Beyonce as Nala. And uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, in uh, uh, Donald Glover as Simba, um, who both of them have very strong musical backgrounds. So I don't know if you've heard of Beyonce, but she's a big deal. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't know Donald Glover had a musical Oh yeah, the, oh, yeah, the childish Gambino. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got his alter ego uh, rap side to him. Uh, so yeah, yeah he's very successful with that. <laughs> oh. Like, I think he would honestly actually probably prefer being just a rapper all the time than yeah. than an actor. But well, there's apparently nothing he can't do. So right, no, he's, he's very talented. He's I think he can tap dance too. Came so. a long way from Community. But well, he was a writer for um, 30 Rock when he was like 22 years old. Wow. So he, he has done quite a bit in his short time on this planet here. But yeah, mm. I, 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 I'm very excited. I, 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 don't, I think he's younger. Same, were they either the same age or he might be like a year or two younger than me or something. But yeah, it's crazy. But going back to James L. Jones, if you can, I could listen to him just read anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, his voice just brings you in. I mean, even you're scrolling through, it's like, oh, you hear his voice. Like, okay, I need to listen to the rest of this. Right? Yeah. Like, anyway. So going back to the live action part, so apparently Hollywood Reporter did uh, contact the the, the VFX supervisor, Rob Legato, and he told them that he didn't consider the remake an animated movie because of how John Favreau incorporates VR tools such as exploring cinematic angles from different characters' viewpoints into the rules of traditional live-action filmmaking. And he said the exact same thing when they did The Jungle Book as well, too. So uh, it, it seems like... It, it's a reimagining. It's not a re... It's, that's, I think that's the thing that people leave out like we keep saying live action but it's like reimagining well i think it's it's just the entire population who looks at it is considering it an animated movie mm-hmm. because it is it's all cgi animated but then all the people making the movie are the ones saying no it's live action because of the way we're filming it mm-hmm. but yeah it's just but you're, you're, you're on a technicality here i mean oh it's the an animated line movie the only way for it to be live action is if they in fact have these animals like talking and awesome animals right you know, it's <laughs> i don't like it's going i think this could end up being top 10 like all-time box office it is coming at the perfect time um it well did i did i read correctly that this trailer is second in terms of the number of views that it got second only to the uh the relaunch of star wars uh it was that it i believe it was within the first 48 hours that it was put out it's second only to infinity war oh infinity war okay um teaser trailer views so and I mean, like, you know, 
the filmmakers can talk about it however they want, and it's a little pretentious to like like pick over whether it's directed or it's animated. It's a mixture of the two, and I think the way technology is going, like trying to categorize this stuff really doesn't matter. It looks beautiful. Right, um, that's the bottom line. Is whatever it is, yeah. whether it's live action, animated, or some kind of new hybrid of both, mm-hmm. it looks incredible. And I tend to agree, Craig. I think this is going to end up being, this is going to be beyond anything we thought it would be in terms of its box office success. Yeah, it's uh, The Lion King is one of the most successful movies of all time. I mean, especially animated, but just overall, that was a juggernaut of itself back in, in 94. So now you're riding this train of nostalgia where I remember, I don't know how many times my parents took me to see it. I guessing maybe two or three times at least but that was my childhood like i remember i think it came out on vhs for my birthday on march 3rd 95 and that was like that was one of my presents and i so i've grown up just obsessed with it like so many people have it's always Mm -hmm. and i think you know when you look at the renaissance you're basically talking about you either your movie was one of three movies it was basically beauty and the beast it was either little mermaid or then lion king Uh, aladdin Aladdin. some aladdin aladdin's in there too lion king lion king also marked the high point for walt disney animation because after that pocahontas uh Mm -hmm. uh uh, Hercules, they all, they, Mulan, Mulan yeah. they all suffered. They all were not, they did not live up to that, this, that standard. Yeah. And I, I feel like in my opinion, Lion King is the culmination of all of their talent. It was a story that they kind of, you know, it, yeah, it had bases in Hamlet and other things. And it, it was just kind of this side project that ended up becoming bigger than it was and then attaching, attaching Elton John with the music and Hans Zimmer with the score and then the visuals that they are used, still um, beautiful to this day. To do that stampede scene, didn't they use a new type of technology in the movie with like 3D, like something that yeah. had been used for Beauty and the Beast, but then they expanded on it for this. And yeah. So it's funny, years here we are 24 years later, and they're, or it'll be 25 years later next year. I saw the premiere of that movie at Radio City Music Hall. Um, and that was an experience. Yeah, it was, it, in my opinion, it just has, well, other, the other movies have something. Like, I think Beauty and the Beast has iconic songs. Aladdin has, is the funniest of them with Robin Williams. And oh, yeah. uh, Little Mermaid is just the one that started it. But The Lion King is where all the pieces came together perfectly. And I think that's why it means so much to so many people. And yeah. we already it- saw... That's what drove Beauty and the Beast. The the remake of that was that nostalgia. And, and, I with, think. and I'll tell you, I don't mean to interrupt, but like with you know eight nine year olds, I mean they, the the movies they they relate to the most are like Toy Story, Frozen, and they they love like Incredibles. Um, but like with um, like Beauty and the Beast, they they love it now because of the live action. So they don't really watch Lion King, but I think when this comes out. They're going to go back. They're going to go back, like they did with Beauty and the Beast. So you know, it's a different generation that are. Yeah, I remember. I think I believe Lion King was Max's first in theater movie. He was like four. When did you say it was ninety four? It was ninety four. Yeah, he was probably about four. So there's and just and then when the VHS came out, you just play it repeatedly, over and over and over, between that and and, uh, Beauty and the Beast, he just sat there in his little chair for ever. You know. (laughs) I don't want to mess with Max. Let's put a tape in. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, something that I think might have gone, uh, you know, to to the appeal of it that I think we'll see again is that with all those other ones, maybe you have a favorite character, or maybe you can envision yourself when you're a little kid as, oh, maybe I could be Aladdin, but I probably wouldn't be Ariel. So we all have these ones that we attach to. But with the Lion King, since they use animals as allegories, it's appealing to everybody, regardless of where you come from or what type of person you are, because it's a story just told through animals that you can relate to, you know? So I see that appeal kind of like being brought back with this re-release. Okay. And I just want to say this, that, um, you know, this was a slow news week. 
I was really struggling to find things to talk about, and I, you know, I have to pay attention to the timing mm-hmm. of the show. Uh, there's one thing I always know. If I throw a movie story out on the table, I'm going to get 20 minutes of nerd boy, yeah. uh, nerd boy discussion, which you guys did not disappoint. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to the uh, final story. Uh, that This actually came out this morning that a lawsuit was filed in Central California District Court Monday by resort developer G- Genting Malaysia seeking a minimum of $1 billion in damages from the Walt Disney Company and Fox Entertainment Group for allegedly breaching a contract related to the building of a theme park in Malaysia just outside Kuala Lumpur. Now, from what I understand, this was something that Fox was doing with this group. They were going to open up a a 20th Century Fox theme park. And so it would have been Fox's first one, but they pulled out of the deal. And now that Fox has been acquired by Disney, they filed this lawsuit. Um, According to the allegation, Fox has been repeatedly trying to renegotiate the contract. But once Disney began calling the shots earlier this year, the objective has moved from renegotiation to termination. Uh, Although there are disagreements regarding specific terms of the deal, Genting states that Fox, in their opinion, has no reason to pull out. Um, and uh, part of the part of the speculation that d- the reason Disney doesn't want this deal is because there is a casino attached yeah, to the project, and Disney does not. We know how they feel oh, yeah. about casinos. They have been very, very vocal here in in Florida and put a lot of money into fighting any plans to open up a casino here. <clears throat> In Orlando, um, so this could get interesting. Could get interesting. Not a lot of details on this, other than what we got. Um, but they're saying that this company has already invested 180 million in the project and had planned to open in the beginning of 2019. Yeah. Well, um, it's this is a weird one because. What they're asking for a minimum of one billion dollars, and I think they like their asking price. What they expect or want is one point seven five, and the thing is, you know, a lot of times we see, you know, Disney manage to quash these things or overblow it, but like that is a lot of money, and these plans have been going on since twenty thirteen. So I'm really interested to see the final price they end up settling. I I do not see them paying out a, a billion dollars for this plan. So you think they'll end up settling? I think they'll end up settling. Um, they, that contract did happen. Fox did have that with Disney buys Fox properties. If if they interfered with this at all, there's a good chance that they're liable for a certain amount of money. You know, it said they already spent 180 million on it. Um, it makes sense to me. Disney wants control over all their IPs. They just got these new shiny intellectual properties. They're not going to want a Malaysian company that they don't do dealings with often. Um, doing rides and attractions and shows based on the stuff that they want to use, you know, especially as important as brand, worldwide branding is to them, um, it would be a competing park as far as Disney-owned parks. So I, it makes sense to me that they would shut that down immediately, but I also don't see them giving in a billion dollars. I, I don't think they could afford it right now. So. But it's just the beginning, so we'll see. I think it's probably going to be one of those long... You know, half a decade goes by protracted battles, yeah. you know. All right. Well, we'll find out. Thank you, Charles. And that will do it for the news. We're going to move on to rapid fire and we'll throw it over to you, Charles. Okay. So um, Disney's Ralph Bricks, the Internet brings in eighty four point six million dollars over Thanksgiving weekend. Um, a quick, uh, the debut of the long-awaited sequel to Wreck-It Ralph proved that the moviegoers couldn't wait to see the story continue in film. Um I brought in a whopping $84.6 million at the box office over the five-day holiday weekend. Ralph Breaks the Internet now ranks as the second-best Thanksgiving debut ever behind Frozen, which earned $93.6 million during its first five days. Kathleen Taft, Disney's president of global distribution, said of Ralph Breaks the Internet's impressive opening, Whenever we look at sequels, they have to be additive. The filmmakers built this world out of such attention to detail that people were ready to come back and enjoy these characters. We're really excited about the momentum as we head into the holidays. Um, I don't think anybody expected this to do poor, but they still uh, they still kind of have to keep momentum if they want to make 
their money back on it. So um, I didn't see the first one. I actually I just watched both of them on. Uh, I watched the first one on like Thanksgiving, and then I watched Ralph uh, breaks the internet on the next day. And I think I I didn't dislike. Uh, the first one. I thought the first one was good. I just I've waited so long after the hype that I was just like it. It feels like it. It not a lot happens for me in that one compared to where they've gone since that movie. So this that one was is definitely I think credited for being part of like the kickstarting a new Disney animation revolution. And um, it this one is definitely I think it takes the what they were doing in the first one and just takes it up to like the tenth degree and it works so well that this one feels like it's overflowing with a lot of stuff that you could rewatch and see and like fun little Easter eggs here and there. But then it's also got a really good I think the same way Zootopia had really good messages, this one has one that's about like friendships and toxic friendships and stuff like that. And cannot wait to see somebody. it. We love the first one. We haven't seen the second mm-hmm. one yet, but yeah. we cannot wait. Our kids are just dying <laughs> so are we. it's it's a good one for adults and parents because i don't think kids will quite understand all of the humor related to the internet stuff Some like, like Z- pop up ads and stuff zootopia was the same way yeah i mean there was a lot of you know adult you beautiful know beautiful stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Well, the kids love it yeah stop slouching <laughs> it uh <laughs> it it looks like this cost disney 300 million to make wow um so they Jeez. yeah so they still have a, a ways to go um, but that opening, I don't think was including. Yeah, but with full. an eighty-four million dollar opening, I think they're pretty safe that they're going to make their money back. And then you also have the like all of the merchandising that spawns off this, all of the in-park stuff, all you know, like video games or VR experiences that are based off it. You've got all these extra ways, so I don't think they'll have any trouble making that. Uh, well, but that still is a very expensive fine. movie. Yeah, I was going to say the the princesses. People have been going crazy for their princess, like the loungewear, which mm-hmm. is now officially available through like Disney, the Disney, uh, the the buy the merchandise from the parks app, and then um, at Disney, is it called Disney Style at Disney Springs, the one that's on the corner by the movie theater? Sure, D Style. Yeah, yeah. I don't Herbs. know what it's. No, 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 not that one. Every store sells the same crap still. <laughs> well, that store has all the princess loungewear in it, so I know that's magical, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> is it soft? I haven't touched any of it yet because it's, well, one, it's women's clothes, but also I can. That never stopped you before. Yeah, I, don't, I don't believe that. You're wearing a sports bra as we speak. I, I, I mean, I wanted what they were wearing, and I'm not going to lie. I saw it and I was like, you know what the worst part about this is? For me, is that they're going to not make unisex versions of any of these clothes. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Charles. Teresa. Okay. What's the matter, dear? <laughs> Not that I'm trying to get the visual of him without his shirt out of my head again. You're talking mm. about lounge and stuff. Okay. Disney Cruise Line has announced a new discount available on select cruises that offers 20 to 25% off prevailing rates for tropical cruises out of ports on both coasts. Something for everyone and at least one sailing of each of the four Disney ships. So just a little... A few of them I'll show, share with you. January 14th on the Dream out of Port Canaveral, save 25%. January 30th on the Magic out of Miami, save 20%. Then there's a seven, there's seven nights, uh, Star Wars Day at Sea on January 19th. That's a really popular one. I've got a lot of clients on that one. Save 20%. Seven night Southern Caribbean on the Wonder on January 27th. Um, and then as close as December 7th, save 20% on the seven-night Very Maritime Wonder. And um, the, let's see, two more. Seven-night Mexican Riviera, Riviera uh, San Diego, April 21st. And December 14th, seven-night on the Wonder out of Galveston. So all the ports, looks like they're all hitting them all. And a lot of discounts to be had. I've already had a couple clients today. We're talking about it, so... Good discounts. And if people want to reach you to help them book their cruise. Um, T. Eccles or Teckles at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. And that's T-E-C-H-O-L-S. Correct. At dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. All right. Thank you, Teresa. Kathy. Okay. If you're looking for a place to get uh, personalized Christmas ornaments, they are now doing them in Animal Kingdom till the end of the year. It's in Discovery Trading Company. Uh, the cost of each word, so you got to be short unless you want to spend a lot of money, starts at $3 a word, and additional artwork is $3. $3 a word or a letter? It says $3 a word. Okay. Oh. And additional artwork is $3 each, 
They're open one hour after Animal Kingdom opens till park closing. So don't wait too long or you're going to be waiting a long time to get your ornament. If they start adding it to $3 a letter, maybe they can hire back some of those photo pass people. <laughs> yeah, really. All right. Thank you, Kathy. Uh, Craig. Corey. Corey. Well, both. I Sorry. Mean, no, I think, okay. I, I think I got broken, too. Are we Are we going to read yours at the same time? Okay. Three, two, one. The Disney Parks no. blog will... The, the Disney Parks blog just announced uh, for the first time ever that Candlelight Processional will be streamed live on December 4th, 2008. The 8.15 p.m. Um, show will feature... Featuring Neil Patrick Harris will begin at 8.05 Eastern of giving viewers a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to bring the show to life. Um, you can watch live by visiting Disney Parks blog. Uh, Disney will be sharing some some of their guest favorites, uh, Disney Parks holiday vacation photos, and also other commercial-type stuff. Um, and also you can... <laughs> <laughs> no, it, they, they do all the time. Uh, Dis- Disney Parks live hashtag, um, so you can send your photos there to be considered to be you know, shown there. I think Twitter. it sounds good. You know, if you're not here to view it in person. Well, oh, it's also, is... a lot of people don't get to see it. I know, and right? I don't think we've ever live-streamed it uh, yet. We haven't live-streamed it, but I I mean, the last time we went and did a proper, like, multi-cam shoot of it, it was back in uh, 2012 when Gina Davis did it. <laughs> the ghost of Gina Davis. I believe that was <laughs> the ghost of Gina Davis. Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, the screen, the screenshot, it was the, screen, great. The, the, the the thumbnail was like the ghost of Gina Davis hanging over the the audience. But that was, I mean, yeah, it wasn't in 4K like we do stuff now. But that was before they started making a lot of the changes to like the dialogue and stuff. So it was like classic candlelight processionals. So you're welcome. I was the one who did that. Yeah, you did. And who was there with you? Were you? Yes, I was. I don't remember that part. I was. It was. I. We had. We had lunch at um, at Rose, Rose and Crown. Crown. Oh, that's and then, right. That's right. And we went and did the multicam. You edited, it, but I. I shot it with you. Team. So it was Neil Patrick is like the poster. Yeah. Celebrity yeah. narrator for this. I mean, because he's yeah, just, he he's, he's coming back every year. He's he's funny too. He loves yeah. his Disney. Yeah. The only thing I still dislike about it, like the one time that we saw him. Like at the end, you know, if you haven't seen it, at the end when they're finished with the story, they'll usually like thank the crowd and tell them how amazing they were. Uh, We saw Neil Patrick Harris for like the final show of the night one night. And instead of like doing the thank you and all that stuff, he's like, okay, well, I got to go. I've got plans. So bye. And then he just ran off the stage. And everyone was his third show, though? Yeah, it was the final show. And it's like everyone's just laughing, like, what's that? And I think that was the night that then. As we were walking back to our hotel, we saw him sitting with his husband at, at Yachtsman. That might have been two different nights, but yeah, it was like, were, were you really running away as soon as you could get off the stage to go? So I got to see Alfonso Ribeiro last night, best known as uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's Carlton. Did he do the dance? How did he he do didn't it? do the dance. Okay. So <laughs> not to like derail this completely, but... He, he got up there. I knew this was his first year doing it, but he got up there and he looked nervous and he just kind of had a blank face the entire time. Every now and then he smiled a little bit and I was like, okay, well, you know, this kind of a dud. He's very good at reading it, but didn't really show a lot of didn't personality in life, it, like yeah. not like a cheetah or, or a whoopee or anyone like that. But then as soon as it was finished, he had the biggest smile and he's like, that was amazing because it was it was his very first show oh, of wow. his very first time. So he didn't quite know what to <coughs> expect with it in terms of so being he, there and he doing enjoyed it. himself. Yeah, he enjoyed himself. That, yeah, but he was cool. just so it's he must have just been scared the entire mm-hmm. time. But then then he he ended up really enjoying it. He was he was it was pretty cool to see him. So I haven't been in a couple of years. We're going to see go. John Stamos this weekend, oh, mostly yeah. for Julie and Finley. Because yeah, they watch yeah, Full House. Think. And for Craig. And for Craig. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going with you. All right, are yeah, we yeah. done? <laughs> it's John Stamos. Now you got me rolling. Okay. Well, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> thank you, Corey <laughs> Rhino. Um, so mine's pretty simple. The Spirit of Aloha uh, dinner show at um, uh, 
the Polynesian has been canceled for tonight and tomorrow. That's Tuesday the 27th and Wednesday the 28th due to cold weather. Tomorrow, uh, tonight I think it's going to get pretty chilly in the 40s maybe. And then uh, tomorrow the high I believe is only like 58 or something like that. So I'm looking forward to the weather. Unfortunately, all those half-naked Polynesians were not. <laughs> well, like I said in the marathon show when we did the Alani piece, um, after seeing the... Luau at Alani, I can never, ever pay money to see that one or the one over at Royal Pacific. It just, they just don't even come close. They don't even come close. It was, that was unreal. But all right. Thank you, Rhino. Craig. Okay. Yes. Um, uh, Deluxe Burger started serving breakfast on Black Friday, and it's going to be serving it through January 1st. Of course, that's at Disney Springs. Uh, they'll be serving their breakfast from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m., and there's a lot of delicious-sounding stuff on the breakfast menu, some that Rhino and I will probably get out and try if we could ever wake up that early. Uh, there's like there's a crispy chicken biscuit with the buttermilk fried chicken, honey butter, chipotle mayonnaise, and pickles on a cheddar biscuit. Uh, the egg white frittata sandwich with egg white spinach hash browns, pico de gallo, and avocado crema on a Parker house roll. The El Diablo. No, dear God, how long is this going to go on? signature blend patty, pepper jack cheese, smoked bacon, pepper jam, and egg on a cheddar biscuit. Uh, and then fresh cut fries with sausage gravy or Bernays sauce. Mm. Oh, I'm all for I'm on this. board for yeah. that one. Oh, yeah. that's I saved the best for last there. So, yeah, it's going on through January 1st. Like I said, we'll probably get out early one day to do a review I'll take, of it. But. I'll take morbid obesity for a thousand, Alex. Right. So they only offer it for two hours. I'm yes. kind of sick of people offering great breakfast foods and then being like, you have to come within this two hours. It's called Bre- breakfast, breakfast time. time. Yeah. <laughs> breakfast. breakfast. You can eat breakfast foods all day. As it turns out, it's possible. I do it all the time. I'll have eggs tonight just to, just to prove it to you. Well, just to spite you, Teresa. <laughs> just to spite you. There's a great spite. restaurant oh, I just heard uh, about called grits. Denny's that you might be interested in. Yeah, Apparently they do that. It's the one thing they do right is they understand that we shouldn't Well, you be- know what? Maybe if this is popular... And it, you know, that will expand throughout. I'm going to go they ahead won't. and speak up for Pete. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, really. <laughs> no way. Right. Cut that, to me. No, no. <laughs> You're done. Thank you, Craig. Let's uh, go ahead before we wrap up. Let's go ahead and uh, talk to Craig and Rhino about uh, this year's uh, festival, of the holidays at Epcot. You both have had a chance to check it out. Anything worth checking out this year? Um, Candlelight processional. You don't like any of the food booths? Uh, I can't really speak on it yet. So I was invited there by Disney and given some free samples plus a $50 gift card to go around and try more. So uh, I need to go back and spend my own money on it. So that way I can. But Rhino spent his own money. Was there anything at the food kiosks you uh, cared for? Yeah. Well, it's it's weird. So I was I did it with uh, Katrina and Tyler um, uh, before we did our marathon show last week. I'm working on a video that you'll see go up at some point. Um, but it it's kind of supposed to be. I thought the whole idea was like each booth it was supposed to be their like traditional holiday meal. And one of the what's different from like food and wine when you're going around, you're just trying the different food. And here it's kind of like wrapping your mind or getting your mind out of like, Oh, what I have for Thanksgiving or what I have for, um, you know, Christmas dinner or whatever holidays you celebrate and trying them at different places because you'll go to some and be like, this doesn't seem inherently holiday ish. You know what I mean? It's just because it's, I feel like it, it's locking your brain into a very specific type of food for a very specific time of year. So I don't know that it has that like same kind of like free form, like let me explore and try a bunch of different things like food and wine has. But there were some, I mean, there's some interesting stuff. I liked their, uh, the Feast of the Three Kings um, booth, which was pretty much all uh, Puerto Rican uh, food. So it was interesting to like see food that I've had that like Eli has made or I had in Puerto Rico made in a Disney version of it. And I, I called it like the white people's booth of Puerto Rico because <laughs> it's what it all tasted like. But, um, but it was definitely Disneyfied. but, um, it's not, 
when you're going to go around and try some of this food, you have to think about it more as the, the portion sizes are bigger. And they're, I think this is more geared toward being like there's just some extra quick service options in the park versus, hey, try everything here. I don't know. That's, that's what I kind of got while I, I was going around. I didn't. I mean, I, again, I, didn't, I actually didn't get any extra food, but I was looking at portions. And that's my, the, my favorite thing about Festival of the Holidays the first year they started it mm-hmm. when they went full festival is uh, you remember we went and it was like actual beans and massive racing. portions where everything was like 11 12 13 dollars and it was a full meal and now they're back to the food and wine routine and I'm you know it's just it's the never ending trend of food and wine food and wine food and wine all the time all the time and I yeah, it kind of goes all year now, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, and I would like to see something change with it, bigger bigger plates being served with it. But, um, you know, it's the stuff I had last year was good, but I just wish they would convert back to let's try to actually change it up a little bit instead of adding extra boosts and then cutting down the sizes of it and mm-hmm. making it more like food and wine. I, I wanted it to be more... Um I guess like celebratory, like the food, like I kind of wanted to know, like there is the little, uh, the book that you can get, um, uh, my backpack's all the way over there. It's in my backpack, but, um, and you you know, you can put the stickers on it and stuff and it it keep track of what you've been getting, but it, nothing, there's no real explanation explicitly like, oh, this culture enjoys to eat this food on this day because of this reason or something like that. Like, Mm. and each one of the pavilions has, um, you know, the, they tell their story of the holidays and how they celebrate it, but it's like the food doesn't really mesh with that. I it, thought it was last year, though. Like, is this the third or second year they've done it? This is now the third. The third. Okay, so last year, well, uh, maybe I'm confusing last year to the first. They all blend in, but that was what I loved about it is that they always that they were doing that. So they they've changed it up. It, I mean, they've got the tower out there that is the menu and it's got a little blurb but it was kind of, I guess I was looking for a little more information like it feels like this is a light version of it I guess compared to how it was the last two years so I feel it like feel the, like holiday food to you not really I feel like the only ones that are truly like holiday inspired are probably the feast of the three kings. Uh, then the um, Lakayam Holiday Kitchen, yeah, because they're making a big push on that this year, and the Holiday Table, the American, yeah, holiday and then the American there. Holiday Table. Those are kind of the only three that really are like celebrating the food with the with the traditions. So, um, but, there was yeah. there was nothing like so. Um, there was an eggnog beer that Shipyard makes specifically for um, this festival that then went into Sea Dogs because they have a thing with shipyard but that was something that i we had two years ago and i thought was going to be disgusting and i loved it and so like that's something i look forward to that's still here again it tastes a little different this year as i guess it always does you're always changing the batch that you make and stuff but um yeah i want to i like my thing is i always like when people take like classic food and they put that spin on it and it doesn't really feel like there's a ton maybe a ton of that i don't know not that it has to be it's more than just food at this event the yeah. big thing is that you also do have your storytellers all throughout the entire the entire world showcase and that has also changed and warped as the years have gone on like back before it was festival of the holidays that's that was my favorite point when each one had an actual storyteller and then they i think canada uh, canada i almost <laughs> said that jeez louise um, when, i know i like that <laughs> when canada uh, they were the first one to drop their santa if i can remember correctly and then they brought in the canadian holiday voyagers and introduced musical storytelling into it and then other other places have done that now like germany was one of my favorite ones back in the day where they would tell the story of the nutcracker and then the nutcracker would come to life at the end of the story and now this year they have a, a new act on the stage called like dirch and dirch which is a <clears throat> german punk rock band no tell me it's not no, true you just oh. made that uh no, yes it's true yeah it is absolutely true it's like dirk dirk and it's this 
German punk rock band that will sing like one Christmas song. They'll throw uh, like the guitar line from last Christmas at the end of another one so it can be Christmas. And then the rest is just uh, your average German punk rock music that you all know and love, I'm sure. <laughs> Wait, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Too hostile. Fonzie hold actually on. Hold jumps on. over. Hold on. Are you telling me? That as part of their holiday featured entertainment in Germany, there is a German punk rock band playing? Yes. Am I, is there exaggeration or, or hyperbole here? Nope. Mannheim punk roller. <laughs> you did a video on Facebook or something. Bad. Yeah, I did, a, I did a post on Instagram. I have the full show that I'm going to post probably either between now on and a, Elton John or On tomorrow, a scale of but. 1 to 10, 1 being passable, 10 being, oh dear God, uh, how horrible is this? I was standing next to like three of, three <laughs> yeah. of my friends, all, all the other fan sites and i actually pulled out my phone and just typed in a text i hate this and showed it to all of them. <laughs> because we were front and center and they're just putting their all into it and i'm like i just have to smile and act like i'm enjoying it because i'm right down front there was these like 13 year old girls who were like thrashing out and jumping around <laughs> and like totally getting into it it, it was just, there anything christmas about this no no, they did sing one Christmas song, and they said the other was in a their original. Did Epcot Christmas fall song. down and hit its head? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? It was pretty bad. Was it pop punk or gutter punk? I like, would say it was more pop punk, but you know there wasn't the angst in there, mm-hmm. so it's it was what it was. It was awful. Uh, the other <laughs> storyteller they changed up last year. Uh, they last year we got our own version of Mostly Kosher, which is the mm-hmm. wildly popular band that plays out in uh, California Adventure, and they were amazing. They were like my favorite thing last year about Festival of the Holidays, and uh, they are now gone, and they're mm-hmm. not they're not back. They're still out in California Adventure, so if you're going out there, you can see them. But we now have the uh, Hanukkah Storyteller, and it's uh, man. Who comes out with his violin and talks about traditions? And I was, Tevia? I was with, yeah. what's that? Yes, Tevia? Tevia. essentially. Yeah. yeah, I was with, <laughs> I was with our friend Shelly, who's Jewish. And after the show was over, I asked him, like, is he actually Jewish? Because it it didn't sound like he was pronouncing things correctly. And she's like, I don't think he was at all. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go with that. Um, it was. It, it. I feel like it did a good job of sharing the traditions of Hanukkah, but uh, okay. I'm still trying to get past the punk rock group as the holiday act in Germany. Now, look, there may be a perfectly valid reason for this. Maybe I don't know. We've got some German viewers and, and listeners. Write in podcast. It doesn't plug. To, tell me what the connection is. Between this punk rock group and, and the holidays. Yeah, were they throwing out, like, little pickle ornaments? No, that's the best part about that. Yeah. No, it... I, you know what? Plaid. They don't look too punk. Oh, they're, they're like modern pop punk. So it's, it, it was bad. I don't recommend seeing them. Uh, stick with some of the classic storytellers. You still have... You still have them in United Kingdom, uh, Pierre Noel in France. You have La Bofana in Italy with her sticks or whatever she carries around, her broom. Um, she's out there still being crazy. Yeah, she's essentially the Belschnickel. Um, and, you know, Mexico has their traditions, too. There's still the little Ing- Ingrid or I, um, the one in Norway who he's like a little rascally, squirrely man. Yeah. Bounces around and annoys the lady that's there with him. <laughs> There's still lots of great holiday storytellers around and then as i said candlelight processional if you do one thing at epcot for the holidays and that's it you know that's it thank god thank god the band you know the orchestra hasn't been replaced by a german punk rock group is that next epcot what the hell are they thinking they still have the fireworks though right yeah oh yeah and the holiday tag and it's your last year where you can see the holiday tag for illumination. So get out there and see it. It's just as good as it it ever was before. I didn't realize I didn't realize that the holiday tag stemmed 
from back in the 90s when they used to have holiday illuminations and yeah. it was a full christmas show i had never known that but well, back in the 90s it wasn't illuminations it was uh became illuminate that wasn't it no it, it was it was originally illuminations then it was illuminations reflections of earth that was it okay when it did that, that. okay that was the, but, okay. yeah i didn't even know that i thought it was just it was always that tag ended on i didn't realize that was the end of that show but it's still there for you it's the best besides the fourth of july fireworks and i haven't seen the new years at epcot in person seen videos if you're looking for like the best fireworks you can get on Disney property yeah. at Epcot on either 4th of July, New Year's or the Christmas holiday. Well, the Christmas tag. holiday it just, yeah. it gets into your skin. The, the burst from the fireworks. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for bringing punk rock into my Christmas. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you. They also have one song where you have to scream along with them. That's sauerkraut. <laughs> so they'll play a song. Dur, 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 dur. That sauerkraut. Yeah, it's that bad. Festive. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just, I On just that note. <laughs> <laughs> I give up. I give up. I, uh, all right. Well, on that note, folks, we hope you enjoyed our show. We will be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Have a great week, everyone. And remember... Stay out of the damn lakes. Bye.